Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, thank you for lending us your ears. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style, be the star you are. We are brought to you live under the species of Be the Star You Are charity from Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 to increase positive media and improve literacy throughout the world. You can find out more about the charity by visiting btsya.org. And this is from Ben Williams. There is no psychiatrist in the world like a puppy licking your face. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know, Heather. I'm doing that one for you because I thought I was looking at pictures of Dulce and of our dogs, uh, Wolf and Bear, and it just reminded me of how sweet it is, you know, how good we feel when we have animals all around us. And I know Isn't that true? I was in the barnyard this morning watching because it's really hot here. It's close to 100. And I now have like five, you know, kitty pools filled with water and the ducks and the geese are all splashing around. And then the pig comes and shoes the geese away and climbs into the pool and rolls around. And then the goat comes up and wants to be scratched. And I, you know, I thought, this is a great life. (laughs) It was so, it was so crazy. I have to get pictures of it. Well, today we have a super show for you. You know, it's hot outside, you're dripping, and, you know, you're sweating. And what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the compounds in perspiration and how they send a scent out that telegraphs your mood throughout the world. We're also going to take some time to organize our finances because no matter how busy we are, we have to keep our money in line. And we're going to look at one of the latest scams of cyber crooks, which is fake Funeral notifications, it's called funeral fraud. So a lot of information for you today. But 
First of all, Heather, let's give some congratulations and woohoo and bravo to you for uh, passing that bar and teaching your bar mm-hmm. classes. Yay! Thank Yay. you. Yay! <laughs> it has to be so much fun. You've worked so hard. It it is. It's it's awesome, and it just feels so good because it's been so long. Uh, just you know, six months now. I've been doing this, so um, yeah, it it. It feels so good that it's finally it's finally here, that all this hard work has finally paid off. So. Well, and you know what's so interesting about it is when you think about um, getting a certification and becoming a, a professional in some line of work, you rare, especially when it is so condensed, I mean, when your training is condensed into less than a year as opposed to having four years or three years of college, I was just shocked at the amount of work you had to put in and the books you had to read and the notes. And <laughs> Boy, you were working like round the clock. That was really uh, on top of doing everything else that you had to do. So talk <laughs> about sweating the big stuff. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about our cooling system. You know, we were just saying about how animals, you know, licking a dog, licking your face is so great. But also... You know, we send out scents to the outside world. I mean, we're on a hike, and and an animal can sense if we're fearful or whatever. So what uh, what are you going to tell us? What is our sweat telling us? How How is our sweat talking? <laughs> well, yeah, well, speaking of with exercise and everything, you know, well, usually we don't have the most positive thoughts. Uh, towards sweat because of most time, as you noticed, that odor is associated with it. Um, the actual studies have shown that sweat glands um, are actually a surprising source of that many things, um, getting sort of to our animalistic things, um, that the sense, some sense um, are sourced uh, in relation to particular injuries. Um, and they think that, you know, one day, you know, they'll be able to protect or, uh, excuse me, predict what exactly is wrong with us based on, um, our certain, our certain sweat glands, the, the particular odors that we are, um, letting out of us. But getting to the main thing of sweat is the odor associated with it. Um, as you know, especially during the summer times and with our workouts going on, um, as our body temperature rises, uh, most of we predict produce sweat glands, especially in the summer. Um, you know, our body is made of all, you know, these millions of, um, of different sweat glands, and that's why you perspire from different spots uh, of your body, and some have more uh, pungent odors than others. And also one thing that can um, not just, you know, it's hot out, uh, particular things that you eat can affect your sweat glands. Um, one thing, you know, caffeine um, raises your body temperature. And even if it doesn't, so for example, a lot of times you have coffee, uh, that's going to get your heart rate uh, pumping and moving, as again, as we know, when we uh, work out, when your heart rate gets up, oftentimes a thing that happens with it is that you sweat. Uh, even if it's a, an ice, a cold coffee, caffeine can do that for you. So um, try to think, stick to Does more Does coffee give you a coffee smell? Just like when you eat garlic, you kind of ooze garlic everywhere? Um, no, how that is mean that coffee doesn't uh, necessarily uh, put out that odor. But one thing um, that can, being with uh, things that you eat, uh, garlic and um, alcohols oftentimes, it's not exactly that they... Uh, how, so, so getting to the medical side of it is that um, what happens when you sweat is that your body up to the surface comes um, water and salt that's inside your body. Um, and a lot of times you can lose uh, up to three liters 
a day of sweat when you've been sweating heavily. But what happens is that when this water and um, sweat comes to the surface, oftentimes things that you've eaten uh, can affect that. So um, the smells, especially when things like garlic, uh, onions, and alcohol, I remember in college all the time on Mondays, um, when you would go in, the gym would smell so bad because it was everyone in there working out, um, you know, all the trouble they had, all the, all the bad things they had done the weekend before. And really, um, a big thing with just sweat glands in general is it isn't sweat itself, isn't what, um, is so odorous, it's the bacteria. Um, as we know, if, you, if oftentimes at night, if you fall asleep with your mouth open, in the morning you have really, you know, that you have that morning breath that's so disgusting. Well, it isn't because of your mouth, because a lot of times when people, you, you brush your teeth before you go to bed, it's the bacteria. When you open your mouth, bacteria gets inside, bacteria grows in warm, moist places, and that's the smell of the bacteria. That, that's what smells from that. That's why you have that morning breath, it's bacteria. Same thing, um, what happens. Uh, and uh, that, that's just from having your mouth open? Yeah, exactly. That's what morning breath really is. is that, yeah, okay. Um, I, that your mouth, you know, because often us, we, even if it's, you know, just a little bit, we breathe through our mouth. And I know very few of us keep our mouth completely shut the entire night. We let air in and out. Even it doesn't have to be open in a wide mouth, but having that open allows bacteria to get inside. And bacteria loves warm, moist places. That's where it grows. That's where it breathes. And same thing underneath your armpits. It's a, it's a dark, moist place. Um, similar to with uh, genital regions as well is, um, you know, often when people sweat, and, and that's a big thing too. After um, this sort of just goes for gynecological health, um, especially for women, a lot of times, you know, we work out and we get really sweaty. One of the best things too um, is when you get home to immediately get out of your sweaty clothes. A lot of times, you know, we cool down before you know it, you end up wearing your sweaty clothes for a few hours or the rest of the day. Um, same thing warm, moist areas down there, that's where bacteria grows. That's a main reason why a lot of women can get yeast infections because yeast bacteria will grow, um, you know, because they've been sweating. So a best thing, too, is to get out of that clothes. Um, sometimes, you know, washing your clothes, it doesn't, if you, especially, you know, trying to, uh, think your clothes have just accumulated from um, your workouts from the week, but trying to wash those because that's also, again, why these clothes sweat, um, why your dirty clothes smell so bad is because bacteria is on them, because you're sweat bacteria. Um, but if, things to kind of uh, help eliminate this, is, especially after a workout, um, first thing they say that, you know, if you're able to, before hopping in the shower, if you're able to rinse um, cold water over your wrist or put an ice pack or a cold wet towel behind the back of your neck because that's going to help slow down the process. A lot of times we don't have the ability to waste that amount of money or waste that amount of water um, or that amount of time just sitting cooling down our wrist. So if you are going to, um, you know, if you need to get going, take a shower. If they to use tepid, sort of colder water, I know I don't like cold water. I usually like it very, very hot. But in the summertime, and especially if you've just been working out, if you use hot water, you're just going to continue to sweat through your shower. So as soon as you get out, you're going to continue to sweat. So um, it's one thing I recommend is taking a warm shower at whatever temperature you prefer, and then for the last minute or so, use a colder temperature. It's going to lower your body temperature. Um, and again, get away. And so when you get out, you're not going to be sweating again. Um, 
Well, and I think also if, um, if you, most health sites will also say that even if you do take a hot or a warm shower, if you can end your shower with cooler water, it actually closes your pores and it's better for your hair, will make it more shiny and it's better for your skin, et cetera. So that makes sense that, you know, the cooler water is actually going to keep you less stinky too. <laughs> Um, another thing uh, to um, just kind of getting with it is, like, just cover up in the sense of it. Um, oftentimes, you know, when we think of things of a way to mask, we're going to go work out or we're going to be in the sun, whatever it may be, um, is deodorants and antiperspirants. And oftentimes we think of them as one and the same. Some do, uh, some products do make it so that it is an antiperspirant and deodorant. But really, if you break down um, the label of what exactly it's saying is an antiperspirant is an antiperspiration. Um, what that's going to help do is to close off um, the pores that are underneath your armpits um, and help them, you know, by about 20% uh, reduce the perspiration. However, many of them um, don't mask the odor. They can't stop the odor as it. So that's where a deodorant comes in, is that a deodorant actually um, masks the smell. However, it's not going to stop you from perspiring. So it's best to try to find one that is uh, a multitasking. And also they say um, to use an uh, antiperspirant in the evening time. A lot of times, you know, we, we're not sweating as much at night, um, so that can help you something that's further in for the next day. It's going to make your sweat glands um a little less active. Other things that make you sweat, you know, actually some things that during the night when people can get night sweats is having your partner next to you. Even if there is no hanky-panky going on, just body heat on its own, um, that's going to make you sweat. And, again, being in those sweaty, uh, getting into your sheets, getting into your clothes, you're going to wake up feeling aching both. So it's not a bad idea to put on an antiperspirant um, or deodorant um, before you go to bed. And a good thing, too, of masking the smells, kind of getting back to that uh, mouth odor, is mints. Keeping um, keeping your body hydrated and keep so one thing, a kind of trick of trade um, for bar method is that, you know, we don't allow any gum in uh, the studio, which that's something keeping your mouth salivated. But if you chew a little minty, a little mint before like an Altoid, um, that's going to get your saliva glands going. And so keep your mouth, therefore, hydrated and preventing bad breath. Um, same thing goes with a little spritz after working out. Sprinting a minty thing on you, that's going to make you smell better. A lot of times you know, we put on perfumes or something, and it ends up smelling like uh, a mask odor. Like when you ever go into someone's house and you can tell something, you know, that it was fish or something. Um, and so it's kind of a bad combination, you know, old fish with floral, not that it's all good. But peppermint um, or mint things have been shown to actually mask or completely um, that you can't smell, that it creates that minty smell. And also, an additional thing with mint is mint's been known to keep us in an alert state. It kind of perks us up, wakes us up, you know, a little minty freshness. Um, so, you know, you can buy any of those, that, you know, CVSs or Bath and Valley Works. Um, but those are good things to have just as a, a gym replenishment. Um, again, too, staying hydrated, drinking, um, you know, as I said earlier, you can lose about three liters a day of water after heavy sweating. And, too, a lot of times people might think they've, you know, lost weight after big workouts. A lot of times that is just water weight, um, water and salt coming out of your body. But stay hydrated, again, not only is it going to continue to send um, oxygen and keep to your muscles and keep you moving and having you feel better, um, but keeping your body 
uh, hydrated is going to help you perspire less because there's your body isn't needing to overwork itself. Um, something too beyond just uh, you know working on it being hot. They say about three percent of the American population actually suffer um, from excessive sweating. That it's a medical condition, and I feel like in high school or something we all knew that person that had you know. Literally, you know, puts on a shirt and is sweating profusely. Um, other things that can make you sweat a lot too is if you have um, extra weight on you, your body is working harder to move, um, and you know, and more of a reason to stay fit. Uh, but new studies have shown you know things that uh, can help you perspire less is now Botox. And I know a lot of people are thinking, "Oh wow, great! Now here's a reason." Yeah, that what is that about? I've heard about covered. that. That sounds so scary. Um, yeah, you know, I actually, I remember seeing this um, before I got, I forget what her name was, but she was quite evil. This woman that was on The Apprentice, she became a big woman talking about it, about getting um, Botox injections into her arm because she uh, sweated so much. And what, again, what that does is it's paralyzing uh, the cells because what it is, it's, it's botany, Botox. I still, you know, to each their own, but as a thought of it still sounds very scary to me. Um, but what it's doing is basically um, it's, you know, paralyzing the sweat glands there, so therefore they're not they're not sweating and not having that excess sweat. Um, for my concern, uh, and I don't have enough back, you know, um, scientific, scientific research to kind of back up my views on it, but I got to think is in a way you're you sweating is your body's way of cooling itself out. It's getting out excess salt, excess water. That's um, what your internal system, how we know to, you know, oh, my gosh, we're overheating. We try to cool ourselves off just as a, as a dog when they're hot. They pant. They're getting rid of you know, the excess salt. That's their way of sweating. Um, if your body isn't able to release that, what's happening? Is it going to build up inside of you? Does that mean, um, you know, are you paralyzing your system? Or does that mean you are just going to overheat? So, I, I, you know, again, I don't know more of the science behind it, so I can't say, you know, that this scientifically this will happen. But in my views, I feel like that, um, you know, that is kind of a big, a big thing, so that you're not this giant microwave. Um, I don't know. I also kind of feel like this is another way people can somehow miraculously get um, insurance to cover Botox and maybe potentially uh, get it put somewhere else. Oh, um, I never. I didn't even think of that. Just the word Botox scares me. But that, I guess, you could probably get it covered if it was for something that was medical. Didn't think yeah. about it. No, completely. Um, also, too, you know, as we we think um, exfoliating the skin. A lot of times, you know, when we we sweat, we perspire, um, our clog, our our pores clog up. Well, one thing, um, the biggest thing is exfoliating, and you can always overdo things. But um, I knew when I started getting you know, skin wax, and it would say, okay, ex, you know, exfoliate your legs, and I'm like, what? Why would I do? And really, what that's going to help do is. It helps open up the pores. It will help prevent one thing, too, is ingrown hair. So if you, at least once a week, um, use something with acidic acid in it of, of cleansing, you know, what, you know, really scrubbing out, scrubbing your body. Uh, but leave your skin smooth, but it also opens up your pores. Um, it makes it so they're, you know, they'll close more, that they're not as big pores. And for air, um, areas with hair on them, i.e. also your armpits, um, that will that will allow them to, so when you use antiperspirants and deodorants, for them to be more effective as Heather, well. Heather, what about, you know, what about, um, you know, like, you know how the scrubs that you use for your face? 
that have a little bit of oatmeal in it or sometimes they have apricot pits. Would that be a good exfoliant on your yes legs? And no. Um, I kind of feel similar to as you probably wouldn't use a body scrub on your face. You probably don't want to use a face scrub on your bite. But um, ironically enough, and of course, things are so much different in prices, uh, that things that are meant for one part of the body, all things, all scrubs, just as all creams and lotions, are not created equal. So um, really, you know, the best place, they sell things at, at drugstores, and I think that that's usually a good second place to go. Um one thing, too, is I would ask with dermatologists, also the best way to find out with more um, full-body scrubs for your underarms and you know, your arms and legs, your stomach, is to ask um, beauty salons, you know, places that do um, body washing. A lot of times they'll try to get you to buy the products they have, which can be rather expensive. Some can be awesome and amazing and they're well worth the price, um, but others, you know, you can find at your drugstore. So the biggest thing is they just kind of look at the ingredients and see what they are um, and then the percentages wise because, you know, I, for example, you, those $50 eye creams that we use under our eyes, we wouldn't just use those spare, you know, all over our body. And same thing, you wouldn't put body lotion under your eyes. So um, your face is uh, is different. It's a thinner um, epidermis of your body. So it, it needs a little bit more um, gentle nutrients. And actually using scrubs in general, um, face ones can irritate other parts of the body. And two, use scrubs prior um, to shaving. Usually, you know, people are a little... You know, we exfoliate our skin. Um, they're good to use on a day if you're not shaving your legs. So good to use a day before you're going to shave and then use about two days after because if you, um, if you exfoliate the skin and then you shave, that can cause razor burn. So you're just trying to open up the skin. But that's another thing, too, especially with underarms. A lot of times people get ingrown hairs or they get those really um, you know, difficult little small ones or that darkening, you know, where sometimes even if people's armpits are shaved, they have that darkening of it. Um, by exfoliating regularly, though, that's going to help open pores get create um, a positive, high, healthy uh, hair growth. And as well, it's going to make your deodorants and antiperspirants stick better um, and be more effective so that you can avoid you know, the, the stinky midday uh, sweat gland situation going on. I, I have a quick question on the antiperspirant deodorant because when you go to the store, some of them say antiperspirant deodorant, some just say antiperspirant, some say just deodorant. Does it really depend on your body type or how much you sweat or how much you perspire, whether you need one or the other or the yeah. combination? Well, exactly what I said before was that they're two completely things. So your best way to go is a um, one that says it's deodorant and antiperspirant because right, that it's is a double, going to right? deodorize and help you prevent from sweating. If you sweat a lot, they do make ones that are clinical strains. Um, the big kind of uh, thing out right now is um, things being leached into your body and about you know toxins, how we are exposed to so many chemicals and things we don't even realize. Um, and deodorants, there is actually... Um, you know, I've just recently read a report saying, you know, don't be fooled by things, but I personally do feel um, there has been linkings with um, all these chemicals that we use. I still use, I actually use a clinical made by Dove or um, one of the things, one, just because I like how, how it really does, it has a fresh, I like the scent of it, and it really does 
uh, prevent me from sweating as much. But um, what prevents you from perspiring in these anti uh, uh, and a perspirant is aluminum, which is a kind of can be kind of a scary thought for people. But they usually have about twenty percent aluminum in that. So think about how much how much of that you're putting on your body. They do. Well, you know, I just natural. wanted to bring up something, and I don't know if you have information on this, but something that when we were young kids that we always did, um, we it was like you put baby powder. You use baby powder, or you could use cornstarch. And I don't know, you know, like if you were, like if we were going to play a hockey game or something and we'd be in the gym and everybody had their baby powder and you do the same thing. You put cowboy boots on, you put baby powder in it yeah, so no, that it would absorb is, the sweat. I mean, I've even done, I've even done that before. Well, what, what those do is they act as to um, suck up the dryness. But, you know, they're not that effect. It's a, definitely a more natural. Oh, they're sucking the up the thing, moisture, right. The same thing, it can go, you know, you people, they put that on their, so their feet don't get they get moist, you know, when they're wearing shoes. Same thing with, you know, with hair. If you have sweaty hair, you put it in there. Um, but it isn't as effective. I've actually told someone that before, you know, that's a more natural way of going up putting baby bar. But it isn't, you know, it's, it's going to help soak up moisture, but most likely soon you're going to be sweating. Again, it's not going to work as a person. It's sort of a mild um, form of, you know, deodorant soaking up moisture. But, um, it def- you know, a more positive way is, is there's less, uh, you know, less chemicals involved with it. With right, the that's a positive. Well, what a fascinating topic for health matters today because it is summer and it is hot and in most parts of the country, you know, that's what summer means is hot, hot, hot and sweating. So these were really good tips on, on uh, how to keep us, you know, calm, cool and smell a little bit better than what we, we might if we didn't uh, listen to these. So I've got to remember to pop a peppermint and, you know, do a minty body spray spritz. That sounds like a, a good one. And of course, my big thing is garlic. I love, 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 love garlic. And I always try to eat a little parsley afterwards. But usually the next day, it's not coming from my breath. It's oozing from my pores. <laughs> but that's, I guess, the positive part of being Italian, right? You just got to hang mm-hmm. out with other people that are eating garlic. <laughs> well, give out the website. Great segment. Most definitely. We want you to go to betastayar.com as well as betastayar.org. Yes, and when people say don't sweat the small stuff, remember that it may be all small stuff, but everything can smell. So (laughs) take heed of Heather's Health Matters. When we come back from break, we're going to find out if your finances are in a total mess. And if they are, what we can do to clean them up. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're broadcasting live from the Voice America Network Empowerment Channel. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And I'll be back with you in a bit. Don't go away. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be The Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star 
Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are. You are. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, I am Cynthia Bryan, and this is Star Style. Be the star you are. I am glad you are still with us here. We're coming to you live from the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Well, this past week was a fun one. Uh, worked a 16-hour day on a new movie that's shooting in San Francisco. Enjoyed it uh, tremendously. It's always great to be on the set. And can't say too much about it, but it is called San Andreas. And that probably tells you what it is a little bit about. But I always think about finances when I am on a movie set because of the different pay scales that everybody is getting all around. And uh, before I go into talking about are your finances a total mess and how to get them on track, I also just wanted to say that my new book, The Business of Show Business, the audio-enhanced version that is out now and won the Silver Award in the Ben Franklin um, competition, which I'm really excited about, it's been all over Twitter and Facebook, and I, IBPA sent out this, uh, you know, a, a picture with my award, and I think it's going to be in Publishers Weekly. So I was very excited about that. So check it out if you want to see it on Facebook. My Facebook is Facebook forward slash Cynthia Bryan. And now let's just talk about cashing in. Let's talk about your money because. You know, we all think about it. We're all pulled in a million directions every day. And sometimes we let the bills pile up or our check statements come in and, you know, we don't look at them or we don't go over our credit card statements. But by letting our finances slip, it could end up costing you a fortune because you could actually miss maybe a fraudulent credit card charge. I had some, I had one that was two of them that were from Ireland. They had to cancel my credit card. Or you could lose a gift card. And, you know, I think that the most important thing is to learn to be organized and to, to clean out your wallet, first of all. So let's start there to help you get organized. Now, cleaning out your wallet. One thing that I do when I'm going out in the evening, for example, I'm going out to dinner with my husband or going with friends or something, 
instead of bringing my great big handbag, my big purse that has, you know, 20 pounds of everything in it, I could probably live for a week from it. I just take out enough, like one or two credit cards, a little bit of money, my uh, health card. I always have my Screen Actors Guild after card with me, you know, and uh, my AAA card. And then other than that, with lipstick, that's all that goes in my bag and my iPhone. And that way, if anything should happen, oh, and my driver's license. If anything should happen, I'm not losing everything in my handbag. So let's talk about what should be in your wallet. First of all, you don't want to carry too much cash. Um, You know, it's recommended by the experts that carry a maximum of $100 in cash. That's enough for an emergency, but not so much that if, if you lost it or it was stolen, that you'd be totally devastated or, you know, it would be terrible for you. Now, I'm worse than that. I don't even carry, I only carry about $10. And then I just do the rest with credit card. And I do find that in my car when I'm traveling, I do keep a, maybe $5 in spare change. I had to go to, um, I went to a wedding shower on Sunday and parked in a parking meter. And I was shocked that it, for an hour of parking, it cost me $8 in quarters. And I actually had to go into a store and get more quarters because I didn't have enough to park for the hour. Anyway, so don't carry too much in your wallet. And the next thing is, is don't carry too many credit cards. A lot of us have several different credit cards, but most of us just use two. And you probably want a primary credit card. You know, maybe that's your mileage card or the one that gives you the cash back. And then you should have a backup just in case a retailer doesn't want to accept the card that you have or in case a hold has been put on your original card. That happened to me once when I was in San Diego um, buying groceries and things for Heather's house when she was in college and, you know, had this huge basket of stuff, gave my credit card and it wouldn't go through. And the reason that the credit card company put a hold on it is because I'm from Northern California and that morning I had charged something in San Francisco and now it's just a couple hours later and I'm in San Diego. So they thought it was fraudulent. And oh my, I was angry, obviously, and frustrated. And obviously the people that were in line behind me weren't so happy about it either. But had I had a second credit card, which I didn't, then that would have been alleviated. So make sure just to have a backup card. And then keep any of your additional cards in a safe place at home you know, in a a folder and a file cabinet, or if you don't use them very often, maybe you want to put them in your safe deposit box. It's also a smart idea to photocopy your cards, uh, all of your cards, so that if you ever lose one, you have easy access to it. But I want to, there's a caveat to that. Don't take your cards to a print shop. You know, we all think, oh, we'll just run to our local UPS store or wherever there's a Xerox machine, you know, um, um, CVS has them or whatever, and lay your cards on and do it. The problem with that, and we've done shows on this in the past, is that when they replace these cartridges, uh, they recycle them, and all your information is on it. And there has been research and studies done showing that these cartridges and many of the these uh, copy machines are sold to third um, third world countries, and the a big percentage of people buying them are the scam artists, and they actually go through them to find any kind of contact information. So don't do that. 
the better thing is probably to scan it on your home personal computer and then upload it to your computer or print it out from your home computer. And then when you're getting rid of your printer and your computer, of course, then you've got to clean that all out. Gift cards. If you have gift cards, um, keep them at home too. They're just like cash. So unless you are planning on shopping that day or using it that particular day, just leave it behind. That way if your wallet or your handbag is stolen or lost, you know, you're not going to lose out on those because those gift cards are just like cash and they're the easiest things for anybody to use. A thief can use them because you don't have to put in any any passwords or anything. Um, Do carry your driver's license. It is the only ID that you need. And any other document that has sensitive information on it, like your social security card, your passport, or your birth certificate, you should be keeping those in a safe place. Now, the difference with that is, is for example, when I'm working on a film, we have to fill out I-9s. Anytime you start a new job and working on a film, you're always with a new employer unless you're on a TV series that lasts, you know, and it keeps going on for weeks and weeks. And in that case, we have to provide, uh, a, not a copy, but we have to provide our driver's license, and our social security card, or a passport in order to work. So those are the only times I would carry them. Otherwise, you don't. Just carry your driver's license. And there's this is kind of a funny thing, but it's been uh, shown that if you put a picture of a baby or an animal in your wallet, if your wallet gets lost, it, it has a higher return rate. And I have no idea why that is, but maybe people have a soft, spl- soft place in their heart for animals and babies. Now, the next thing um, for getting a hold of your finances is to really keep control of your paperwork. You don't want it just to pile up. You can save your receipts, and if you're the kind that puts them in a shoebox, I think it's a better idea to store them in an envelope that's month by month so that if you do have to prepare your receipts for an audit, you only have to do it month by month. But there is an app called Shoeboxed, Shoeboxed, and it's ED at the end. And that's for storing your receipts. And if you use that, you can check all this against your credit card statements. And then you can also track, track your medical expenses. And uh, often, you know, that's going to be reimbursable from your taxes. So you might want to check out an app for that. If you don't have a fireplace that you can actually burn papers by a shredder and you want to destroy any paper receipts and anything else that has personal statements on it like your bank statements, your credit card statements, your mutual fund statements so that your trash doesn't become a target for identity thieves. And if you are just getting too many of those pre-approved credit cards not that they're, they used to be a safety risk. I'm not so sure they are a safety risk that much anymore, but I get them, I get them every single day. So you can go to optoutpressscreen.com and the press screen is just P-R-E-S. So it's like pre-screen. So optoutprescreen.com. Not that it'll be totally effective, but it'll probably cut down on some of that junk mail you get. And then when it comes to your taxes, yes, you do have to save all your tax documents and your W-2s and the receipts and everything that you put on your taxes for a minimum of seven years. And your um, the accountants say that actually tax returns with proof that you filed and paid them should be kept indefinitely. So you don't want to get rid of those. 
Now, you don't want to ever miss a payment. So it is easy to miss bills if you're doing online paying and you're getting emails. So you may want to set up a separate money um, account or money stuff account uh, that's in your mailbox so that when you get a bill to pay, you can put it in there and then you can just look at it all at once. If you're like me and you get two to 300 emails a day, it's really easy for something to fall through the cracks. And when that does, that is really bad news. I know that sometimes I'll get a couple of email. I'll get an email from somebody and says, you didn't respond to this. And I tell everybody, if I don't respond within 24 hours, it means that something is wrong. You know, I, I didn't get it in the first place. So um, that might be a, a good thing. You want to also have a home base. You want to make um, money check-ins easier by linking all your accounts in one spot. So have a place that you can link all your accounts so that you can look at them quickly, even if it's in your database. And maybe the best information is to set calendar alerts, and that would be to schedule reminders so that you'll review your bank and credit card statements. And you should review things, you know, like maybe weekly, I pay bills like once a month. Um, you can update your budget maybe a couple times a year. And definitely you want to be able to prepare your taxes and get them done on time. So set that up in your calendar. Technology is really helping us today to stay on track. And I so appreciate that. I mean, it's really great when you have it. And then I have something else, too, for people who are married and then get a divorce, whether you're on divorce one, two, three, four, and I do um, know people that are on four or five, just remember that it takes uh, more than love when when you have a divorce and you're going to be remarrying. So when you're coming together, you know, at 40 or 50 or whatever, it's different than when you're getting married in your early 20s and particularly when it comes to money because uh, over the years, as the years go by, you solidify how you work with your money and your beliefs about money and you want to have a smooth transition to your new marriage so you need to talk about your obligations. So what happens with uh, couples that are on their second or more marriage is You have to talk about what are support payments, any debt uh, over the decades, and bring your financial experience to the marriage. Now, sometimes it's an uncomfortable conversation, so you may need to have an accountant or a tax lawyer or maybe a preparer um, go over the details with you, but you don't want to have different ways of looking at it and different ways of, uh, of approaching it, so... A financial advisor, an accountant can help you connect the dots so that it'll be uh, uneasy for you. Now, if you have children from a previous marriage, you probably thought about what you'd like to do for them financially, and they've probably thought about what's going to come their way at some point, someday, whether it's college or helping them with a house or whatever. But when you get married a second time, it complicates your estate planning. So questions arise. Will the new spouse inherit the money if something should happen to you? Um, Maybe it was going to go to the kids, but now the spouse gets it. Or do your adult children benefit equally from your individual or now your combined resources? So you really have to discuss your decisions with your new spouse and with your kids, if they're old enough to understand it, obviously. 
I'm talking about the kids, not the spouse, with the goal of reducing any controversy later on because then you want to consider formalizing everything you discuss, possibly in a prenuptial agreement or at least in some kind of binding legal agreement through uh, an attorney. You want to dot the I's and cross the T's because in addition to considering a prenup, you want to revisit any estate plans as well as beneficiary designations because what many people don't know are wills are trumped by legal titles to real estate or beneficiary designations on financial accounts, retirement plans, and insurance policies. So you want to make your changes in writing. You want to be careful with Social Security. For example, if you were married and you get divorced and you are getting close to 62 but you want to claim your former spouse Social Security, you cannot remarry. Uh, You have to be single at the time you apply. So there's a lot you have to think about when you decide to combine resources. So think up front so you avoid conflicts later. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about funeral fraud. But for now, I hope that that helped give you some financial fitness. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. If you're finding it hard to get going and stay going, how about making a wager with a coworker? Decide a goal that you both want to reach. Maybe it's to be the top salesperson of the month or to find the time to exercise three times a week. Make your reward something that you'll look forward to receiving. Make a deadline for your achievement and a tangible compensation. Perhaps you've wagered a dinner at an exclusive restaurant or a cruise on the lake or a round of golf. You'll be motivated to reach your goal when you know that there's an award at the finish line and it's something you'll really enjoy. So create an incentive to motivate yourself and others to be the best that they can be. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business fight from Star Style. For information on coaching and consultations, visit StarStyleProductions.com or call 925-377-STAR. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are, you are the star. Pump up your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a life. When a loved one dies, it's very stressful. The emotional toll of a funeral is tough enough. And with an average cost of more than $7,000 per funeral, 
funerals are very expensive, and planning one is a prime time to get buried in fraud. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And we're going to be talking about funeral fraud in this segment because it is more prevalent than we know. And it is the latest scam targeting people that are grieving. So here are three ways to avoid the most common ploys that fraudsters used to deceive the grieving. First of all, you want to insist on the list. At initial contact, federal law requires that all funeral homes provide you with three pricing lists, one for all goods and services offered, another for caskets, and a third for grave liners or outer burial containers. Now, this so-called funeral rule forbids funeral homes from requiring services that must be optional by law, such as embalming, or insisting that you buy the casket or other items directly from them as a condition of providing memorial services. You need to be allowed to buy your uh, equipment or your casket or whatever else you want from any other place. They cannot charge extra for services if you choose to buy the casket elsewhere. And that is a common way to save money is to get it someplace else because the funeral homes usually bump it up. But each year, the Federal Trade Commission, which oversees this funeral rule, conducts undercover visits to test compliance. And in 2013, as in past years, Roughly one in four, that's 25% of the funeral homes that were surveyed, were in violation in some way, and most often for failing to provide pricing lists. So it's more than sloppiness, you know, probably. It's, it might be that there are some funeral directors who are just trying to get rich, and the other ones perhaps, you know, might have made a mistake, but... We have to be cautious. So whatever the motivation, it is up to the individual to insist on lists. Now, some funeral um, facilities, they have these prepaying options, but the experts advise to use caution. Pre-planning a funeral is always wise, of course. It's really hard, though, to talk with your family about what you want for a funeral because we're talking about an end of life, we're talking about death, and, and it's an uncomfortable situation. But if you do want something in particular and you want your funeral to be as stress-free for the ones you leave behind, it's a, it's a really good idea to talk about it. But before there's an immediate need, your family and yourself, they can you can comparison shop with pricing lists in hand to ensure that arrangements are made exactly as desired. But you can face some serious risk if you do the prepaying for a funeral, which many people have done because they think, oh, if I prepay, and especially there's many people who are older and they want to save their family the hassle, the stress, and the money of uh, preparing for a funeral. So they prepay for their funeral in advance. But... Uh, the problem with that could be is that maybe those prepaid plans are not going to be available when the person dies. And most people do it because they want to reduce the financial burden on the survivors. 
as allowed in many states. And also, it reduces assets that you, so that you can qualify for Medicaid. But consider this. A recent FBI bust of a prepaid funeral scheme, it had fleeced 97,000 people in 16 states uh, for more than $450 million in funeral goods and services that were paid for in advance but were never provided and never delivered. And there are certainly other cases where new owners, they'll buy a funeral home and then they, they will do these prepaid um, funerals and then they just run off with the money. So even if you know of a well-established funeral home, you need to consider if you retire uh, and uh, if you retire like out of state, let's say you move right now, maybe you are in Texas, but then maybe you would decide later to move to Arizona or you decide to move to Missouri. You have to consider if you retire out of state, will your prepaid funds be honored? State laws vary on whether prepaid funds are transferable and how much of those prepaid funds are transferable. So, so often, as we've seen since 2008 and we've had our recession, is many businesses go out of business. So prepaying for something that we don't know when it's going to happen is not a good idea because what if the company or the funeral home goes bankrupt and they are gone? So that would probably mean um, it won't be, you know, it's not going to be there. So when you die, you've already lost your money. Then finally, the final thing is to beware of fake invitations. In many schemes, funeral homes overcharge you. But there's another type of scheme that involves crooks that are stealing your identity. And in recent months, foreign-based cyber crooks have been emailing fake funeral notifications, and they bear the stolen name and a logo of a legitimate funeral home. And it appears to be an invitation to a funeral or a remembrance service for an unnamed friend or an acquaintance. But if you click on that link or that opening, you know, if you click and you get to this attachment, supposedly you're going to get the details. But when you do... Malware is unleashed, and it steals your files, your passwords, all your sensitive information. Now, subject lines are typically funeral notification or passing of your friend or the death of a loved one or a funeral, a funeral announcement. Don't take the bait. Legitimate funeral notifications include the name of the deceased. And that goes to with the same, I've been getting literally two and three a day of um, job offers. And it will say, I, f- I forget right now what the subject line is. It's something like um, like Google, Google paying $75 an hour. And then on the email, it'll have Google's logo. And it'll say, like, Dear Cynthia, Google is hiring someone with your skills. Click here for more information. And what was very interesting about these, in one day, I got the exact same email with logos of companies that I know and trust, like Google and Apple and LinkedIn. 
And they all said the exact same thing except for they had the new name and the new logo. So just be careful. Do not, if you get something like this, don't click on it because all you're doing is allowing somebody to come into your computer and steal your identity and steal all of the information that you've got stored on your computer because they let in malware. So all in all, we talk about fraud and we talk about identity theft and we talk about scams regularly here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And our goal is to keep you safe and to keep you being you and not have to fight for who you are. And on that same note, if you have a homeowner's insurance, you should contact your homeowner's insurance to find out if there is an identity theft um, adjustment that you can have or an addition. It usually doesn't cost very much, but it could save you a lot. Well, thanks for being great listeners and allowing Heather and I into your life every week. We're so glad that you tune in to Star Style. Be the star you are. For more information about Star Style, visit starstyleproductions.com. To make a donation to Be the Star You Are charity, visit btsya.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. And I hope you'll read a book this week and pick up a copy of The Business of Show Business or Be the Star You Are. And until next week when we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a great week and enjoy your summer. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.